0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Natalia. Today we're discussing medication adherence apps and devices that help keep patients on track with taking their medication. This is an important issue in healthcare because a surprising 50% of patients with chronic conditions are not taking their prescriptions as their clinicians prescribe to them. There's a multitude of apps that have been published to help with this, a seriously enormous amount of apps. And there's also been quite a few devices that were developed to help solve the problem. And these things vary from really simple apps that just remind you to take your medication. Uh, It could be technology that's a Bluetooth pill bottle cap that reminds you or or a whole entire bottle itself that is smart. So there's, there's a huge variety of things that are out there. We're going to discuss the success of these technologies to date including one that we have actually tested at our hospital, as well as how effective they have been and why or why not. With me today are Nick, Tiffany, and Sidipto. And before we jump into the solutions, let's discuss why this is an important topic. According to the CDC, unsurprisingly, non-adherence is associated with higher risks of hospital admissions, suboptimal health outcomes, increased morbidity and mortality, and naturally increased healthcare costs that are associated with that. In the US, there's 3.8 billion prescriptions that are written annually. And approximately one in five of those are never filled. That makes 760 million prescriptions that are never filled. And among those that are filled, only 50% of them are taken correctly. And that's because of timing or dosage or frequency or the duration that they're supposed to take them. They're they're not following um, as prescribed. Um, Rates of non-adherence across the U.S. have remained pretty stable over these years. The healthcare costs associated with them have grown a lot. Approximately at least $100 billion of money are spent annually in the U.S. related to these healthcare costs. Now, Nick, I understand that there's a lot of parties who are interested in improving medication adherence. Could you tell us about them and and why they care?
1: Sure. Yeah, and, and you know, tracking medication adherence is is so important, and it's kind of spawned its own uh, business and, and industry. Um, first, I, I don't want to downplay the patient care aspect. I, I do think that is is. Still hugely important, uh, and there are just some so many critical meds that when they're when they're not taken, they will cause immediate harm or, or grave risk. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking of anticoagulants, uh, uh, anti seizure medications, anti rejection meds for for transplant patients, uh, and antibiotics. Uh, so it's important to know, and, and doctors and care teams should know immediately when a patient uh, stops taking one of those medications. It's it's a it's an emergency. Um, but you know, especially as we have moved to a kind of a, a society that is interested in risk stratification and reducing risk of you know uh, critical events uh, down the road, like so many of our medications, they don't actually help you feel better or, or, or just you uh, Change uh, how you're feeling, or they don't produce a, a tangible result that you can measure, unless you have your blood checked like once a year or something like that. So, uh, a lot of these medications, it, you know, it, it's just hard to kind of commit to these habits and, and stick to them. Uh, and yet, hospitals and ACOs really want to know how they're performing and whether they're meeting their their benchmarks and figure out uh, who's taking their meds or who's going to bounce back and, and come into the hospital uh, because they they stop taking one of these medications. So, they have uh, really been focused on on trying to measure adherence and there's other healthcare stakeholders that have talked about like withholding payments to pharma for drugs that uh that don't appear to be efficacious or uh, effective. And, and pharma doesn't want to be blamed for, for drugs. If, if the drug doesn't work, that's one thing. But if the drug could work, but the patient's just not taking it, uh, pharma doesn't want to be on the hook for that. So uh, there's a lot of stakeholders that are interested in tracking uh, for, for various reasons. And that is what has spawned so many apps that we see and surveys and text messages and phone and watch apps and now and now the devices themselves.
0: So now that we know why we should care, I mean, obvious. the most obvious being that it's a matter of the patient's well-being, why is it that we're only seeing this 50% compliance rate? So what the CDC has shown and based on what we, we've already discussed so far Patient-related factors are certainly a major part of that, um, whether it's intentional or unintentional. So intentional being an active decision to maybe stop taking a medication or modify their medication, whether it's because they don't like how they're feeling the, because of the side effects or the medication is not meeting their expectations for their improvement. Or it could be something unintentional, like they just simply forgot or couldn't get their refill on, on time, or maybe they didn't understand uh, what type of dose or schedule they're supposed to be on. Um, it could also be a uh, lack of engagement by their provider into the decision of their treatment plan, or maybe they have impaired cognition, or might maybe they have a mental health condition or substance abuse. There's also the provider and healthcare side of things that play a large factor as well. So it could be whether the provider is adequately communicating with the patient or their caregivers, especially when it comes to complex doses. Um, and maybe they're not coordinating well with other providers that are also helping that patient. Um, there could also be an issue with the getting access to their prescriptions or their refills, or it could be restricted drug, drug coverage by their insurance, high costs, co-payments that just make it hard for the patient to pay for the medication. It could also be that the labels on the pill bottles, pill bottles are unclear, um, or the education materials that maybe need to come along with those pills or be provided by the, their doctors, they're not getting the education that they need about their medications. And perhaps along those lines, the providers might not be taking the time to review the benefits, the risks, and the alternatives to the medications that they're prescribing to their patients. So based on the reasons behind the 50% statistic and what you described, Nick, I think in order to be successful, a mobile app or device needs to do a whole variety of things. Uh, Most obviously would be medication reminders um, and refill reminders, but also education about the medication, connectivity to a care team or the providers for that patient, so that the care team can see if the patient has taken their medication, if they need it to be filled or refilled, or answer any questions that the patient might have or concerns that they have, whether it's regarding paying for the medication or how they feel. Um, Tracking their side effects and how the patient feels would be hugely important, Um, Perhaps even tracking that patient's outcomes, at least the ones who are taking their medications, might be helpful to track the adverse side effects that some folks might be experiencing while taking those medications and identify whether a medication works for some people versus others or not at all or works great for everyone. Um, Now, this is a lot for one app or one device to solve, and I'm not sure that we've actually seen one app that does do all of these things. Um, Siddip Joe, can you talk to us about which of the many devices and apps that we've seen actually do some of or all, hopefully, but probably not, of these things? And do they do them well?
2: Yeah, no, amazing sort of points here. In you know, medication adherence has been a, a topic of discussion since the beginning of digital health days, Everybody thought that, you know, everybody realized how big a problem it was and they went about solving it through technology. And, you know, they've been around for a long time. In fact, you know, in preparation for this discussion, I looked at our um, dashboard of apps and there's clearly over a dozen that we found of medication adherence apps. They've been ranked differently and so on. We've actually built a few. So, uh, So clearly an area where there was a lot of interest. But as you mentioned, Natalia, you know, many of them don't do all the things that need to be done. You know, if you parse through all the success criteria that you have sort of talked about earlier, you see that you know, most of them really focus on the reminders part of it and some about the education part of it. And, um, and the parts that you talk about where the, the biggest impact might come from are not done. So you mentioned connectivity to the care teams. That's such a big deal because not only can you identify through that connectivity if the patient is having some adverse impacts or reactions to it, which is you know, preventing them from taking the medication or they're not doing it out of fear or concerns, or they may have read some crazy article that came out in Google about that thing. Um, but it could also be that there are other reasons. Maybe the medication is too expensive and they can't pay for it. So having that connectivity to the care team is going to allow for those kinds of information to be uncovered. And, uh, and many solutions just, just don't do that. Um, the, the other thing, you know, you mentioned, of course, the 50% of the stat of, you know, patients with chronic conditions not taking them, you know, if you dig deeper, what types of medications are there? You know, anecdotally we've heard, and, you know, Nick has highlighted that in some research that was done, where if it's medication where you see, where you don't see an impact, where like a cholesterol medication or say a blood pressure medication, where the impact is long-term and, you know, you, you see the the adverse effects of it you know if you don't take it but not the positives of it most people don't take it so maybe there's no focused you know you know 50% is a big number that's out there but that 50% breaks down into certain medications where that number is much higher because people are choosing not to do it because they don't feel the effect whereas if it's for a pain medication they see the results immediately so they it towards it adherence there is probably you know more than 100% and if you talk about you know other people trying to get addicted to that, it's probably even more than 100%. Like, you just are, are gravitating towards these things. So as we look at technology solutions and as we talk through them, those are the aspects that need to be kept in mind. Now, of course, we've seen our, um, our fair share of these solutions in clearly pill bottles where they remind you um, you know, through texts, through messages and, and whatnot, that it's time for your medication. You know, sometimes it can alert your sort of staff. Uh, many companies that we had reviewed earlier now, now have moved towards remote patient monitoring, which to me is a little bit of a cop-out because they're chasing where the dollars are uh, and not focusing on the original intent of medication adherence and the impact to, uh, you know, patient care and well-being and the costs thereof, but hey, so be it you know one of my favorite companies which was purely an app-based company actually partnered with a pharma company which i think is probably a pretty brilliant idea because you know to Nick's point earlier while pharma probably does not want to take the onus for it but they're the ones who are sending expensive medications out to patients so there's got to be a little bit of a responsibility that they they take now I'm not saying that they're the only people you know we tend to put two too much of a burden just on the patient to say, well, shame on you if you haven't taken your medication and here's a calendar reminder and some education to do that. So, you know, we need to do a much better job in, in educating them, with connecting them to their care teams, with partnering with pharma and with, um, you know, with insurance companies, with doctor's offices, and and finding out sort of more about that. That's that.
0: It seems like there's still a lot left to be desired uh, from the companies that we have seen so far in order to truly solve this problem. What do you all think needs to be done to have an app that really does make an impact?
1: Yeah, you know, when we uh, search the literature, uh, there, there's been a couple of reviews out of the Imperial College of London, just systematic reviews looking at, uh, you know, MedTracker apps and the App Store. Uh, and how they're designed, and, and like looking at the development firms and stuff, and they, they th- these authors have identified a concerning lack of involvement with healthcare professionals, and uh, just uh, apps that are kind of designed without input from uh, you know what what medications are important, uh, what uh, psychology and behavioral health aspects are are important. To, to, uh, really get stuff that works and, and really promotes uh, good, good health. Um, and that's why I think there was, uh, an opportunity for a company like wealth to step in and uh, that's wealth spelled with, uh, no a and two L's. Uh, we've been really impressed with this company and they do, I think, uh, great stuff. They, they have a nice tool, a nice app and service that encourages, um, habit formation and, um, uh, it really uh, inspires the patient uh, or incentivizes the patient to uh, develop good habits and take the medications regularly because so many of these medications don't give you any feedback about, you know, that you're feeling better or, or, or achieving uh, your goals, but uh, you've just got to kind of learn to, to make it part of your life and wealth will step in and uh, they're so confident uh, that they can generate these good habits that they kind of put their own skin in the game and, uh, and uh, you know... Uh, invest to, to make these habits stick uh and and sure enough when you go and, and you look at the literature uh, that they've published um after their incentive period ends after a few months uh the patients continue to uh take the medications and the habit persists so it just shows the the strength and potential of actually bringing aboard psychologists and behavioral health experts to kind of help design your app and your adherence strategy
2: yeah i completely agree with sort of nick you know it's I think the industry needs to look beyond just, you know, pure tech, but look at the other aspects as well. I mean, frankly speaking, and you know, when you look back at where medication adherence apps were five years ago, you know, and look sitting right now with all the information that we have, I almost thought that the industry would be just gone because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, they were nothing more than glorified calendar reminder tools, which we could, people could do with their own calendar apps out there. But, you know, industry has survived so clearly there's a need but they need to do a lot more uh, we talked about connecting with the, the the care teams finding the right stakeholders who have a skin in the game in in making uh the, the patient take the medication you know, wealth is a great example now the the drawback is that you know there is some monetary or other incentive that has to be provided to the patient you know perhaps that cannot be done with in you know, every medication but there are other things you can put them in touch with their care team. You can have the doctor nudge them. You can have the pharma company take a better engagement and find out more about it. Um, Maybe you can have social workers figure out if patients are having trouble paying for these things. And I think that's where the 2.0 and 3.0 of medication adherence needs to go, or we'll be sitting here five years from now and nothing would have changed in in, in how things are done.
0: I really do hope there is some change. I mean, clearly this is a major issue uh, and hopefully things will change because folks will have listened to our podcast and uh, realize that there's plenty of room to grow in this area and improve on their products. Um, So let's hope that in the coming years, there will be some improvement. Well, thank you, Nick, Sidipto and Tiffany for joining me on this episode. And thank you out there for listening. Take care.